Welcome back to My Mother's Daughter Podcast, where we choose to focus on the controllables, jump off the hamster wheel of grief, and take steps to honoring our loved ones by living a life filled with gratitude, joy, and abundance. It's time to get stubborn about what we want and choose to lean into who we were meant to be while drinking too much caffeine, owning way more workout pants than we'd like to admit, and dreading that nightly dinner talk almost as much as waking up early. You feel me, sister? I'm Angel McElhaney, motherless daughter, positive psychology junkie, and not-so-master juggler of my crazy crew, and I believe that you can heal and find happiness after loss. So grab that coffee, put down that to-do list, and let's get to work, one day at a time, together. Let's get started with today's show. Welcome back to another episode of My Mother's Daughter. Today we're here with Adit Chuchagi, and she is a therapist and also a podcaster. She has a new podcast that you must go listen to. It's called Therapeutic Life Healing for Women, and there she helps women align their mind, body, and spirit through emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking action. I personally love your podcast, and I can't wait for my listeners to hear all about you. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Hi, Angel. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's a true pleasure and honor. (laughs) I feel like all your posts and your podcasts, like it's exactly in my head. (laughs) Like, kind (laughs) of creepy. You're all the way in California. This is weird. (laughs) Um, But first off, just could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and what they can expect in your podcast and just all about you? Sure. I... A little bit about me. Yeah, I'm like uh, born on September 4th, 1983. No, but <laughs> maybe not that far back. <laughs> right. Yeah. <let's, laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll make it concise. But uh, you know, the short story is I'm a a woman who is just finding my way through life and figuring it out one day at a time. I've been through tremendous loss over the last 10 years of my family story. We've lost numerous family members and the most significant and impactful in my own life has been my sister who passed in 2014 from breast cancer. Her name was Odette at the age of 38. And then four years later, my father who passed away shortly after her five-year anniversary, just like 10 days shy of her passing. So their passing has just really inspired me to step out and share more publicly about my struggles. And I think having been in the mental health field for 14 years now, I just feel even much more this calling to show up and speak about mental health and the impact of that on folks because I've just been in it and helping other people, but then experiencing it firsthand myself. It just was important to come out and share my story and share also all the sides of it, the the joys and the sorrows, the tips and the strategies, the fallbacks and the breakdowns, like just a, a rounded perspective because that's just been what my experience has been. And whenever I felt inspired by somebody else's story, it just felt me feel less alone in my pain and suffering. And that's what I hope to do to your listeners and to anyone else that might be listening to my podcast, which just 
launched not too long ago. It's Therapeutic Life Healing for Women, specifically just have this desire to connect with other women who have experienced trauma, have experienced loss, have experienced depression, anxiety, and I can kind of marry my education and my personal life together to really birth that into the world and feel ready to just show up for that. Well, first off, sorry for your loss. Definitely. I know that in listening to your most recent podcast, which I hope you all go and, and binge listen to all of those, um, that the way that it sounded like is that you were kind of on the road to trying to make those changes to follow your framework, basically to get feeling healed or if there is a healed, which we kind of mentioned that there isn't really, but you know, that those positive habits and things, and then you lost your father. So it's kind of like you were maybe obviously pushed back, but maybe not as far, kind of like easier to get back up. I kind of always talk about this hole, like there's a hole we walk around and sometimes we fall in. And so maybe if you have those, it can be like, well, there's a rope or a ladder or someone holding your hand, you know, like they're trying yeah. to get you out. Or, um, and I'm so sorry for your loss, especially it sounds like your sister is just so young. And I feel like which any loss is so hard, but to, when there's, when someone is so young, there's this feeling extra feeling of just like robbery. Like we know tomorrow's not promised yet that we still act like it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not right. like, I definitely love the work that you're doing. And I think that you are making a huge impact. And is there a way for someone like, how do you, I think that our listeners are kind of wondering, like, how do you get there? Like if someone's mm -hmm. hurting now, like what are some steps? Um, I know you mentioned the word soul tired and that resonated a lot with me because, um, and I even saw today there was something that said, I'm okay. And, or what did it say? I'm today. Nothing happened today. I'm fine, but nothing happened today. I'm fine. Like it was kind of like, there wasn't anything, one thing that like set me off or that I, they just feel like they're numb kind of going through life instead of really thriving and like living it, you know, looking forward to things. So how can they, I know you have a lot of tips for us, so I will hush and you can just let us know some tips because I know that you have a lot. Yeah, I think for me, what really stands out and I live, I swim in my head. I love what you said about the analogies. I just live in quotes and analogies. And that's one way that I've been able to cope with just so much of life's heartbreaks. And when I went to therapy myself, um, shortly after my sister passed my therapist at the time and she had disclosed she had lost her mom and something about her sharing that with me helped me connect to her more I think as humans we need that vulnerability as a way to feel like oh do you see me do you get me and we don't have to have the exact same experience but if we can connect on some level of like oh I can relate to you there's a trust that just forms so my therapist at that time said that even her, she mentioned that there's just this underlying sadness that's always present. And that resonated for me because even to this day, no matter how much like I'm, I, you know, I talk about tips and strategies, which do work. And I, and I truly would not probably even be here today had I not just done the work to make sure that I'm doing that for my own self but there's, it comes with like this disclaimer that there's still that underlying sadness that's always kind of at the very base, like in each day, there's just ways that your grief gets triggered because it's so ambiguous and 
like you were we were talking right before we started recording just how it can just be any life moment that you experience that you don't even know might re-trigger all the feelings again like you have a celebration there's this this level of sadness like my nephew's graduating actually which is my sister's son and he's graduating from college and she passed right as he was a um junior in high school and her wish was that she wanted to stay alive to see him graduate high school and and to this day that memory just is utterly heartbreaking and I remember her crying and she didn't get to live to see that day and so him graduating high school was a layer of this huge celebration but then we were also crying at the same time and now his his graduation from college is coming up actually in May of this year and I imagine that's going to reopen again, this layer of like, we're so excited and we're so proud of him. Yet that underlying sadness is also still present. So for anyone listening, I think that narrative is so important to just hold and it gives you permission. It gives your grief permission to exist even in those moments of joy. So you don't feel bad for having it. I think that is what it gave me when my therapist named that for me. Because I was struggling with like, oh, I just want to be happy. I just, you know, I feel bad. If, I feel guilty if I'm happy. I feel, it was just, it's just so hard to understand. There's no recipe. There's no rule book. It's so personal. And so when she named that, it was almost kind of this, these stones that came off my back that it was okay to be sad and happy and that they don't have to be mutually exclusive feelings that you find a way to have them coexist. And I think for that, message is is just that's part of doing the work is finding a way to allow the coexistence of the sad and the happy to exist the joy and the sorrow and making kind of this like inner peace with those two things and learning how to just live with that and not have to fix one or try to you know there there's a poem I always come back to by Khalil Gibran joy and sorrow just continues to help me to this day but some signs um about being soul tired and really there are signs of depression too and that is probably step one I would say just that self-awareness that you begin to really evaluate your life and take a pause and reflect and even taking some time to really see like how is my grief showing up in my life is it showing up it's not even actually a matter of is it it's how is it showing up especially if you've had such tremendous loss and your your audience is one that is tuning in because they've had loss so just taking a moment to yourself to really connect and see how is grief showing up in my life in a way that is really hurting me and hurting the people that I love. And here are some signs that for me came up and I was clinically depressed and remember just admitting it out loud to my husband one night. And I was like, I am completely depressed. And and here I am working with other people and, you know, we're doing therapy and I'm talking to them about their depression, but you know, I'm also depressed. So how do I work through this? And first it was just admitting it. So pause, reflect, and admit to yourself that you need help and that you need to look into the areas in your life of how grief is showing up. So one way to do that is just these eight signs are ways that you're soul tired, that you're 
likely feeling some symptoms of depression and the grief is still there in a way that it hasn't really been addressed and faced the in the way that you deserve so step one or sign one is being easily irritated by people that was a really common one for me I just normally a pretty you know kind person I can get along with a lot of people social butterfly but I just found myself in in that time prior to going to therapy and after my sister passing and then we had more people pass away it was just I began to feel so irritated by people and I was much more angry and I wanted to have my time alone because people were just getting on my last nerve yeah more than more than you know just like anyone if you're having like road rage and uh work people are like how are you I went off on some old lady in one of those mother's daughter groups like oh and then yeah I'm like I'm I Mm -hmm. immediately afterwards I'm like really did I but it was just this reaction of you know like like you said like you almost avoiding stopping and slowing down to let yourself feel because everyone says like it'll you're waiting and pushing past the days to where you can get to that Mm -hmm. like space where you know this is bearable and then so you're pushing and pushing and then you're you're almost not letting yourself be in it and it's like you kind of need to like you said see a therapist I didn't actually see a therapist I feel like if you go back to my Facebook I kind of aired everything out there like as if it was, but I think it would have been and still would be a good way for me for it to be shorter or for it to be like less messy. Um, But definitely talk, if you won't talk to a therapist, definitely talk to somebody because I, I think that there's something to be said for, for like letting yourself feel it and be in it. And we hate negative emotions, but they're still emotions. Do you know what I mean? Like we are so drawn to the positive, which, you know, in the way of like, we only want to be happy, but it's like, I fully, I fully appreciate the happy emotions now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you're so, it almost gives you a parameter that you fill out. Like you've been so low that like what you can, I don't know, sometimes I'll like, we were just playing hide and seek together (laughs) with Cohen and it's like, then you can feel like the joy and the happiness easily or more readily like you appreciate it more I guess right you're more present so that's another sign that if you're not you can you sense when you're being present in the moment you can really connect with other people right there's nothing else that's really blocking that feeling of like I am enjoying this moment or I'm or I'm or I'm sad and I'm okay with being sad and I'm going to release that without feeling guilty or bad or Right. So those are all signs that you're still in a place where doing some more internal work and there's so many free, like seeing a therapist is, I would, that, you know, I'm biased, but yeah. um, I, I think that's awesome if you can afford it and if you can, you know, have access to it. And if you can't, there are tons of free, thankfully we live in the age of technology. There's tons of free resources. I mean, there's, there's a reason why self-help books like exist and there's uh, YouTube, there's podcasts, 
There's, you know, therapists on Instagram who are really doing incredible work and, and ex exposing a lot of this work. So follow accounts and, that really talk about the work and books uh, on grief and loss and depression or whatever you're struggling with. And there's something out there that you can invest a few dollars into yourself and begin just tapping into some um, free resources online and books and podcasts that can begin really unpacking the mental health side to it so you can start feeling the benefits of being present. And I do think that it helps you to know that you're not alone because if you read something, you're like, oh, I experienced that too, or listen to a podcast and you're like, you just don't feel so alone, which part of you I know wants to withdraw and be alone. Like we don't, we have this thing where we don't want people to see us not at our best or uh, maybe like you said, like admit it, but there is something to be said just for being around people who understand or even in general, because I did have a friend that I remember like we, I just didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted to be normal because I was searching and trying to get into this, like I pretended she was in Peru on a mission trip there for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like, whatever you need to do just to kind of, like I said, I was trying to get to the days where it would be okay. And then you're torn because that means I might look up and my kids are grown. So there's this struggle of pushing past, but then like you, and not, I guess that's not being present because you're either longing for the past or pushing to when you're okay and not in the now. So I right. definitely you have think one foot in the past and one foot in the future. And so you're never really alive. I wonder we're exhausted. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's that tired. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's, there's, it's very common to feel these, these things that the, you know, the, the irritability with people unmotivated to do things you normally would have enjoyed prior to that wishing and longing to be who you were before that person passed away, which is not going to happen. So finding your new normal and that that's such a struggle. Um, some people experience and I, there was moments of like experiencing anxiety and, and having panic attacks. You know, you have a disruption in sleep. Some people want to sleep longer, some people, and it doesn't feel restful. So even if you sleep for 12 hours, it's not like you're waking up and you're like, Oh, I feel so rested. I'm like ready to start my day feel much more fatigued you're not even sleeping a few hours because you have insomnia you have flashbacks there's a disruption in your sleep a disruption in your appetite you feel disconnected from others people just don't get you uh, they can't relate they can you feel very alone so it's like oh, nobody understands what I'm going through this all only happens to me my life is so hard and I can't, I don't have anybody to talk to, right? You just, just continue to just isolate and feel withdrawn. And it's easier to just be alone than to be around people. So these are all kind of those soul tired signs. Um, and a few other experiences that I've had that I talk about is just experiencing somatic pain. So we're talking about stomach aches, headaches, when you just are just moving through the grief and you know, I struggled with headaches a ton and I'm like, why would every day have, a, I have a headache. I mean, maybe I'm not drinking enough water, but also the grief was present. It was just, your body is so smart. It just picks up on the pain um, when you cry unexpectedly and you just feel this emptiness. 
there's a complete just feeling of like, I feel empty. I feel numb. When you feel too much, sometimes you just don't want to feel anything at all. So you just numb it out. You, again, it's just like this aimless walk in the world. I called it, um, it was like a colorless experience of life for years following my sister's passing. I just, there wasn't any color. Um, I wasn't living my life to the fullest where now I am and I'm still, I can, I like, I just cried my eyes out this morning <laughs> right before going and working out because there was something that triggered me missing my, my dad and my sister this morning. And so it's not that these things aren't going to happen, but now I have a way that I cope with them and I can kind of go into some of that if that can be helpful. Some yeah, I think it would be really good because it's basically honoring or making meaning like you have probably some contentment or, you know, joy in the fact that you are helping people. And obviously we don't want um, like not that this happened for a reason and all that, like not going into all that, but just the fact that you can take what happened to you and turn and turn and kind of help the person next to you. I think that's huge because that making meaning piece kind of does give it to where it has, you know, you're doing something good with it. Um, you know, not just like when I went into my mom's office after she passed away, she had a, a little sign. She had her computer like with quotes and everything everywhere, but it was, um, Victor, not a victim. And so you'd almost feel guilty if you did act like super depressed and be a victim. But then because you're like, you know, I'm, I'm my mom's daughter, like I'm strong. But then on the flip side, you want to be strong for, if not just for you, for everyone around you. Like how um, that's probably, for instance, whenever you, like you mentioned your nephew at this graduation and things, I feel like it's so much worse whenever like your loved ones are hurting. So I definitely think that some um, tips on how to like ha get where you're at, you know, to that making meaning piece. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I'm like also on a mission to like redefine the word strong. I remember after my dad passed away and I was so sick and tired of hearing, you gotta be strong for your mom. You gotta be strong for this person. You know, you're strong. You got you, you're going to be okay. And, and this was like just days after he passed away and I just kind of snapped on somebody um, and said, I am being strong. Me crying is being strong. Me being vulnerable about how hard this is, is being strong. So I, and I'm, I'm like still passionate about that yeah. <laughs> now that being strong is uh, I'm tired of society's kind of definition of strong is just you know kind of pull yourself back up which it, you know I, I get that you know you don't want to for like what I did four years just unpack and live in complete depression and not live your life yeah. like that, maybe instead no of letting it you it make you strong necessarily isn't you're not crying you're not like letting yourself be live there for a moment it's the not stopping to get through it you know what I mean though keeping mm -hmm. to the next part kind of like if in like in your change episode on your podcast like if you fall back it's more so expecting that that's going to happen that this roadblock yeah. happened and so now I'm going to it doesn't change the goal you know what I mean to keep going so that's probably the biggest right. really real definition of strong 
Exactly. Exactly. It's it's just doing this dance between like I, me crying, me releasing, me doing these solutions is me being strong. So, you know, some of the things that worked for me to get to kind of where I am now is I did seek counseling. So I went and saw a therapist, really unpacked my grief and learned about boundaries there and learned about just, you know, all the things that came with what I was going through and validated my experience. And it wasn't a friend or someone that I was going to see. So it was easy to just really unleash in that space and feel safe. Um, and then from there, I, I got a life coach. And now I have a business coach who's helping me channel my my grief and really help people in a way that makes sense to me and, and honors kind of where I'm at. So this this way of like seeking support, seeking help, that was, you know, step one, uh, creating a, a ritual and creating kind of this sacred space, the sacred time in your day where it's just you time, even if it's just 10 minutes to just move your body, whether you're stretching, whether you're exercising, going for a walk, some days, I would go to the gym, have a really intense workout cycle, and it felt good. And some days it looked like just being at home and doing some stretches and watching like kind of like a yoga thing on, on YouTube and following that. So just paying attention to your body, but having these rituals every day where you're just moving through the emotion and releasing it in some way. Um, some other things that just are free that I did that I just consumed tons of podcasts and tons of YouTube videos and books that really were aligned with where I was at at the moment and just really helped me feel less alone, felt me, I just felt much more hopeful um, and validated and seen and really be like that mindset shift. So really beginning to work on your mindset and using all these tools online that really help you get there unfollow accounts that are toxic that make you feel bad that don't really help just follow the ones that do help and follow the podcast and just make it part of your daily ritual um step three another thing that i did was just um having a spiritual practice that you can bring into you know i'm christian so for me it was about reconnecting my relationship with god after being so angry at everything i really kind of had this this transformation where our relationship deepens. So having prayer now part of my daily routine and, you know, I'll wake up in the day and start my day off with reading the quote, it, you know, daily quote from the Bible. And that'll sort of, sort of set me off um, in a good, you know, headspace for the day. And also having this permission kind of, I was talking about earlier, whatever the feeling is to exist without judgment. So whether it's you know angry, sad, you just feel like in a funk, you kind of don't want to be around people, just giving yourself that grace and the compassion to not beat yourself up and just say no and like stay home with a book or, you know, just say no and do what you need for you without feeling guilty for having those feelings. Sometimes that guilt can really beat us up. And then lastly, like what you said, just channeling that energy and that pain into something outside of yourself, outside of your pain and a way that really honors the experience. I went through tons of different ways that I, I was trying to honor my sister's passing. And I had this Etsy account early on and I was making handmade personalized gifts 
and would ship them off and it came oh my gosh we're there. like twin i'm starting to worry yeah. here <laughs> i have it's called the mended angel <laughs> and i would make stuff i did photography which i still do photography but there was a part of me to where I was like, well, my mom knew that that's what I did, so I need to do that. So, like, I only need to do that. But just know that, yeah, it can evolve. <laughs> As you do it, yes. it can pivot. And so. Totally. But. Totally. Yeah, we are we are twins in another <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> um, it, yeah, absolutely. That permission to let it evolve. I mean, it's, I've gone just rounds of different ways I've had to channel it. Um, I think I even took up knitting. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to knit the scarf and <laughs> just allow yourself to go through all these different ways that you want to channel and um, give back and serve from this place of pain and kind of transform, let it transform on its own. And now I'm in a place where I've really channeled that into doing these retreats um, internationally and working specifically with just women and creating a therapeutic space. That's, you know, just kind of taking everything that I've learned over the years in mental health and honoring um, spaces and creating them that can feel really healing and helping you ground in the present moment, honoring where you're at and kind of moving through the emotion while connecting in a space that's communal and with other women. So you have that shared experience um, and doing this dance between healing alone and really coming to deepen your own self-awareness of how grief is showing up in your life and how to really come to resolve and work through it and also have someone there that is got your hand and you're doing it together so you don't feel alone in it and can really transform from that place so retreats right now just feel really um like the place for me and my podcast and just things that I'm putting out into the world that feel much more aligned with where I'm at in my life spiritually uh, mentally and emotionally um, that marry kind of my passion for mental health, but also my personal experiences of loss and bringing a bridge between those two worlds and connecting with people. Yeah. Bringing people together. I love how you said that. And it's really giving them opportunity to engage more with themselves, with other people. And then, like you said, God, um, what can someone expect when, re when attending a retreat or did you want to give us more information on that, on how they can find out about your next one? I've already checked it out, but <laughs> if you <laughs> want to give us some info on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I have my, um, a retreat called the journey within which is in bali and we're leaving in may that one got sold out which is so exciting and and bali was very significant for me and where i went actually the after my father's funeral so there was a lot of healing that i experienced and we'll go back to bali hopefully in 2021 in may but the next retreat that actually has some opening still that if anyone's interested we're going to san sebastian spain October 13th through 18th of this year and it's going to be five days and it's an all women's retreat and there's already some women who are signed up and they're pretty much coming because of the grief and the loss that they've experienced it's going to be a beautiful uh, way to connect together where we've got ocean views and there's a mix of you know, spa days and breakfast is included and doing yoga and meditation in the morning. 
but also we're going to have a space where we're going to do some group work and just do some journaling and I'm going to be facilitating those spaces and then having some like one-on-ones before the start of the session and then the end of the retreat so you kind of have this personal one-on-one time with me where I can really kind of help guide and create this roadmap of where your grief is now and where you want to go and really kind of unpack that together and and there's a few more but so if anyone is interested um the best place to find me and really find the podcast and find the application for the retreat we're accepting them now is my website which is aditc.com it's e-i-d-i-t-c.com and also on instagram i post daily about just different mental health tips and quotes and my own kind of silliness of like showing up messy in the world um, and being okay with that so my Instagram handle is just Adit Chuchagi all right thank you for that and I will also link all of this in the show notes for you guys Um, well thank you so much for coming on today's podcast and I can't wait to go on one of your retreats and all of you guys can come with me (laughs) all right um, well until next time I just wanted to remind everyone that you are strong you are capable and you can do the hard stuff you are your mother's daughter until next time wishing you joy and abundance angel